0: It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. We're about to get into our Bible study before we do. As always, we have another clue for our quiz, followed by another bunch of text messages that came through from
1: all you guys. That's right. You ready? Yes. Here ready you go. huh. Yes. What number am I? During the time of Joseph, Egypt had this many years of plenty before having the same number of years of famine. If you know how many years that was, 491 64 is the number to call. Our prize this morning, Every Heart's Cry by Danielle Sinat. The search for unconditional love and emotional connection in an imperfect world. If you know the answer to that one, again, the number was 491 And the question was, during the time of Joseph, Egypt had this many years of plenty before having the same number of years of famine.
0: Okay, so coming through on the text message, China started their own cryptocurrency earlier this year and I was very tempted to buy some as they were selling for a few cents. But Bible prophecy stopped me for the same reason I'm sure that China will never become the world's next superpower replacing the USA. Uh, we are the last generation who will see Jesus' second coming. Believe Amen. the Bible and you shall be saved. Good text message. Yeah. Solid stuff right there. Uh, the Bible does not say that China will be the last superpower. It says the United it says States. says I will
1: be. Yeah, whatever Lawson Because I'm a businessman superpower
0: <laughs> Lawson's superpower of Talking and not yeah, <laughs> Talking, up. yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right Um, Next one here is in relation to alcohol. I used to work in marketing and advertising. It was sad to hear many of the ladies in the department proudly saying that when they got home, they will finish a bottle or two of wine to relax them. They Mm. seem to live in constant stress, not realizing that the drinks actually heightened their stress levels. I was never a big drinker, but I tried a lot of them before becoming a Christian. I'm so glad for the health message God gives his people in the Bible. Amen. The Bible says that if wine has turned alcoholic, Don't even look at it. Yeah. Don't even look at it. Yeah, that's right. Just turn away. Look Mm -hmm. the other direction. Mm -hmm.
1: Pour it down the drain. So good. All
0: right. Where are we going here? Okay. Humanity without God will always try to save themselves. That is why science and the billionaires of the world want to land on Mars. Mm. They realize that this world can't continue its trajectory. 99% of all religions in the world believe in salvation by works. Only true Christianity believe in salvation by faith. In Jesus and his written word, God already told us what the future holds for this world. You know, Mars has become a little bit like
1: the next Tower of Babel. Oh, Wow, that's such a good point. It's just like, it's just this like unobtainable yet, like, it's like, oh, you know, if we muster all the human might and courage and strength...
0: We'll make it. We can, we can, we can, we can conquer the flood. Was basically the yeah. idea behind the Tower of Babel. And this one, we can, we can conquer what is coming on this world by moving to another one.
1: In fact, I, I, I don't understand the Mars thing. Like, what are they going to do? Like, how do you terraform a planet? How do? You, uh... This is an interesting
0: question. <laughs> this is a very, very interesting question. Uh, that we do not have the answer to, but people are definitely thinking about it. You know, it's interesting because. You know, reality follows art and art follows reality and reality follows art. And art for a long time has been talking about the colonization of Mars. No,
1: oh, just like the the idea of just leaving Earth. Like my mind immediately, and in a modern sense, my mind goes to like the movie Interstellar, if you've ever seen that. You know, it's just probably, but it's just the whole the whole premise. The whole premise is that the Earth is falling apart, and what's the solution? Well, in their version of events, there's a wormhole beside Saturn that they can go through into another part of the universe, and there's a planet there that's like Earth. But the point is, is that there isn't a solution. There isn't a solution in our solar system that's going to save us. There's something much, much bigger, much, much more expansive, and much, much more powerful that's going to save us from our current predicament, and that is the power of God. And this this Earth, this Earth that is uh, apparently the other side of the wormhole, I'm sure it only ticks one box
0: out of the 200 that is required for life, right?
1: Yeah, well, it has water on it, dude. The whole point is that they there is like a place, but they can't find it because of human greed, and and I'm like, dude, that is a perfect metaphor, like. Like of dude, our life. Oh man, I don't want to promote this movie too much. I don't you know, it's not the be all and end all of morality or even good movies, but I think the point that it makes is like the thing that stops us from obtaining anything um is is just greed and want and selfishness. And it's like, hey, we have so much to attain in God. Anyways, Bible study We need to get
0: up. to our Bible study and We're starting a new subject. That's right. I'm so stoked for this new subject. Yeah. This is going to be so amazing. Okay, so our new subject is going to be all about the book of Deuteronomy. That is so lit. So for the next 13 weeks, 20 million movement Bible study, 20 million people around the world are going to be studying the book of Deuteronomy. So get ready for it. It is... About to begin, and of course we're going to have a bit of a uh, introduction to the book of Deuteronomy mm-hmm. as we get started into it. This is a book, you know, that did not arise in a vacuum. As with everything else in life, mm-hmm. it exists in context, and as with everything in life, the context plays an important role in understanding the book and what its purpose is for us. Yes. So when we come to this particular book, what you're going to find in Deuteronomy is in the Torah, mm-hmm. your first five books of the Bible. Out of all of them, in my opinion, this is the Gospel book of Moses wow this is this is like this is this is where Moses really does outline uh the gospel mm. now of course with Deuteronomy there's a lot of history that comes before it uh history that you know explains the circumstances of the book mm. you know you've got Genesis and Exodus and numbers and so forth Leviticus of course has the uh the law in it um the law of Moses or the ceremonial law. And so it's important to understand that, you know, these things all precede the book of Deuteronomy. So there's a a bunch of things that are assumed. But in the book of Deuteronomy, you're going to find that God is outlined as a God of love. Wow. You know, it's just in case you missed this in the first four books, let's talk about a God of love. Let's talk about a God of salvation. Let's talk about a God of grace. These are some of the major, major themes that we're going to see coming through in the book of Deuteronomy. So, our Bible study today is actually going to take us to a point where we start looking at some of these major themes uh, that you find in the book of Deuteronomy, just to kind of set the set the picture for what this book is going to be all about.
1: Oh, yeah, it's so good. It kind of like these first five books of the Bible follow a really like common um, kind of narrative. Direction. Yes. In in the way that they function. It's like it's like five seasons of a TV show essentially. Like and, and let me explain that a little bit. Essentially you got Genesis, which is really you're racing through history. You're yes. racing through time. Yes. You're telling epic stories, the epic plot points, you're not exactly doing a lot of fine detail. Fine detail or law building or you know, you're assuming that as you're reading through the book. You get to Exodus where it really hones in on a specific instance, a specific circumstance. Um then you've got and this is something that happens often with, you know, different media like TV shows and whatnot or or books. When you get to the the middle book in maybe a trilogy or whatever it is um, or a TV show that kind of middle of It's kind of
0: like – Genesis is kind of like the first nine chapters is giving you the backstory.
1: But but this is the thing is you get to a book like Leviticus and like a lot of TV shows, it's like for a lot of writers, they have to stop and go, okay, we need to build a world before we head to the climax of where we're going with this story. Yes. And you get to this book of Leviticus and it just gives such fine detail and lore about... Um, and symbolism. And symbolism about God and who he is and how he saves people and, and, you know, kind of setting up what's to come. And then you get into Numbers and Deuteronomy, which then pushes towards this great climax of the Torah, which is ultimately... Them, the book of Deuteronomy. Yeah, the book of Deuteronomy. Them. That's a real... <sighs> And you're blowing my
0: mind this morning. I've never looked at the Torah like that before.
1: Yeah, I preached a sermon once called The Bible Season 2, and it's about Exodus, and I just went on to just look at the rest of the books in the Bible and see, like, man, this is a really awesome narrative structure that a lot of people have adopted in media because they see it's, like, it's so useful.
0: Yes. But, yeah. It's- so you start off, you give a whole bunch of backstory, you give some, you know, some, some, some big-picture stuff, you cover a whole lot of history... Builds you a foundation. Yeah. We often see those as backflashes or prequels. Yeah. But it's but al- not always.
1: But it's always like, the, I think the point in those, in those for, in, particularly in Genesis, is that you're telling stories mm-hmm. that reveal through the story things about um, the characters or whatever. And, and specifically, it's about God and, and the history of the world. But you're doing it mostly narratively. Mm-hmm. Whereas you get to a book like Leviticus and it's a lot of exposition. Yes, and where you know you're really getting into the fine details, and that's what um, media will really strive for. Well, it's
0: often what you'll see in a TV show where you know you've got this um, underlying theme that seems to have been floating around there for a while, but it's been you haven't been able to really put your finger on it. Yeah, and then suddenly in season three, it'll all start to come together, and you get all of this rich symbolism, and suddenly you realise like,
1: oh, that yeah, is that's what that was that's about. What this is going on. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: And of course, you know, in your TV show, all of that stuff in the in the middle of the series is critical to understanding the climax. That's right. You know, it's you you, you think you're heading towards the climax, and you think that you've got the storyline sorted as you go through Exodus, mm. because you've done your 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 prequel. You've done your historical stuff in the Book of Genesis, mm. which is actually written as a in in, in many ways like a, a prequel, because of Moses is looking back yeah. on time. Um, and you think, okay, yep, 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 I can see where this is going, got this all sorted. And suddenly Leviticus takes you to this next level depth and it's just so rich with yeah. symbolism and it's so deep and it's so broad and it covers so much stuff. And you find that there is this underlying story, this thread that has been running right the way through, mm. which is all about the sacrifice of the lamb and the sacrifice of Jesus. You got me really started here, dude, Lawson. Dude, dude. I am, I'm am on a roll. Um, <laughs> let's, Lawson, we're going to, we're going to create, we're going to create this thing. Um, <laughs> It's going to happen. And then, of course, you're, um, you can't
1: understand the climax without understanding Leviticus. That's right. And it's because, Deuteronomy, you finally have the, the consummation or the coming together. And this is something that's so important for movies and TV shows. You care about the characters yes. and you care about the theme. Yes. Because it's fi- both have been revealed to you. It can't just – no TV show can just drop – exposition on you from the beginning and go and this happened like it can't just drop its meaning on you it's got to tell a story through characters that you care about and by the time you get to deuteronomy it's like i know why they're here i you know i know that this is like god's people they're trying to find their way to the promised land um you know they're running out of time um they've got a mission to save the world that's what the book of leviticus is all about like they have been given the mission to save the world yes um and they're finally About to get there but you know it closes out obviously the story keeps going after deuteronomy but it's this you know because i think the point of the torah the real focus in the torah is on the way that um yeah obviously you got the book of genesis which is the history of the world and everything but the whole focus is god's people and moses trying to go from slavery to god's people essentially like the rescue mission that God has, and it's like yes, that consummation is in the book of Deuteronomy,
0: you know we need to do a uh, a Bible study sometime here on faith Fm do a whole season on maybe we should maybe we should just uh, maybe next year we should just do the Bible season one season two season that's three. right <laughs> be pretty that's epic. right well we've kind of been doing season one with uh, Baron Nistrat and has been working our way through yeah. the book of Genesis, but you know. I've never actually sort of seen it from that perspective before, but what we've never done on Faith FM is a detailed look at the sanctuary and its services and what it teaches about the gospel message. Mm. And there there is a whole there is a whole nother level of information there that we could Mm. dig into
1: which is just so rich with the gospel message. Mm. So rich with symbolism. I think it's so poignant the fact that it precedes the book of Deuteronomy, because it's like, oh, why didn't they just throw all this stuff on the end? Like, why did they put it right in the middle? Why do I have to read through this before I get to Deuteronomy? And it's because you for for these guys. Deuteronomy is where it starts to all go click, click. That's right. Oh, it's like, they oh, finally understand that the was point. What, that was what it was
0: about. Yeah. Uh, no, oh, yeah. I get, you know, like your typical season four <laughs> and five of you. <laughs>
1: Dude, it's so lit, bro. It, it is. It's so lit.
0: All right. Let's oh. go to Isaiah. Now let's go to, we're going to go to John. Let's go to Gospel of John. Uh-huh. Chapter one, I think, is where I'm going to go with this one, and then we're going to go to chapter four. But we're going to start in the Gospel of John, and it's like, why would we start here in the Gospel? I'm going to point something out here, uh, verse 29 in John which, chapter one and verse 29, oh,
1: 129. The...
0: So this is uh, the Bible season 50 something.
1: Yeah, this is this is the the climax, right? <laughs> well, well, oh, this is like the the well pre because I think revelation is really like the the end of it oh, yes. but um, John chapter 1 and verse 29 the Bible says the next day Jesus saw uh, sorry the next day John saw Jesus coming to him and said look the Lamb of gold who uh, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world
0: okay so this is where you've got you know at, at the very least for John a whole bunch of that stuff from the Torah has gone has just gone click yeah. You know, And so the Torah is all pointing forward to this particular point right here. Wow. And all of the symbolism, all of the prophecies that we find in the Torah, behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. Now, the average person who was standing there at that particular day didn't get it. Mm. They didn't understand what he's talking about. Mm. What do you mean, the Lamb? And the reason that they didn't understand that was because they hadn't been studying the Torah in its right light. Mm. Because it's all about... The person. All right, let's go over to chapter 4 and verse 8. So John chapter 4 and verse 8. In
1: John chapter 4. No, and, that's and, not
0: the right one.
1: It, let's go to First John chapter 4 and verse I was going to say, I'm like, that sounds familiar, but in the wrong John. <laughs> First John chapter well, there's a, there's 4. Well, a, there's a typo in my
0: Bible study
1: guide. Wow. Oh, okay. Okay. We and get it. It's you a just, really
0: interesting one.
1: Okay. First John chapter 4 and verse 8. The Bible says, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Okay. The Bible is very clear
0: that God is love. Mm. He's not just loving. It's the very essence of who God is. Mm. And this is what you're going to find brought out in the book of Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. You're going to find the very essence of who God is, and that God is love, and that God loves his people, and that God cares for his people, and that he will never give up on his people. Now, within that context, we're going to look at um, a couple of verses that help us to understand this a little bit better, and we're going to go back and look at the the, the pre-story to the book of Deuteronomy. Mm. So we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 14. So we've got Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 12, and Revelation 12. Uh, passages that we're going to look at and work our way through this morning just to see how these passages demonstrate that God is love. Mm. While you're turning there, uh you have a dog.
1: Yes. What's your dog's name? Ned. How old is Ned? Ned it's like five months old. Did if, Ned is that did Ned get named after Ned Kelly? I think so, actually. Because Ned Kelly's a bit of a bit of a, Dude, bad he's guy. a bogan hero. Yep, bogan hero. There you go. <laughs> is your dog bogan? My dog is such a bogan, bro. My dog is a psycho dog, bro. <laughs> I squirt it with the hoses; it's like its favorite thing. It's it barks, it sticks. Like it's just it is so happy though. It doesn't bite people. Like that's it's, the thing I
0: love about dogs: all, everything
1: is their favorite thing. Yeah, that's right.
0: Okay, so um, we have this whole situation where, you know, you have a dog. I have a dog. My dog's name is is Rommel. Yeah. Um and so, you know, Rommel's a pretty special pretty special dog for um our family. It's interesting how we, you know, we we, we name dogs after these um after these, you know, characters who
1: were Is that kind of insulting? Kind of <laughs> tough, maybe Buster I don't think Rommel was a Bogan. Yeah. Rommel's not a Bogan dog. No. Just a country. dog. he's a Bogan dog,
0: but I don't think Rommel was. Uh, Oh, Rommel. The the real Rommel. The real one. Yeah. He was just, yeah, anyway. (laughs) But yeah, what about, does your dog ever do things that annoy you?
1: Yes. Like? Yes. Um, Poop on the floor? Yes. When he was a puppy? Yes. Pee on the floor? No, bark. Bark. bark is the worst one. Yes. Like he just doesn't have an off switch. It's like, no, it's okay, you don't need to bark. Like it's fine. Like stop. Yep. You know, and he just doesn't Does not take have an off the switch. Nah. <laughs> uh chew on stuff. Yep. Oh dude. <laughs> when he was a puppy he was inside. And we came home I came home from work and he got into the lounge room and chewed up a pillow and there's feathers <laughs> everywhere and all over him. So yes. Yep, that's what
0: dogs do. Uh So our dog, he does not have an off switch when it comes to barking, probably because he's a very similar breed to yours, not yeah. exactly the same, but they're both cattle dogs. Uh He doesn't have an off switch for barking. He doesn't play well with other dogs. <laughs> <laughs> he will always try and nip other dogs just to see what they'll do in return and, of course, then they try and rip his head off and he gets... Super scared because he's silly. He's
1: <laughs> just like cowering in fear. Like, I didn't mean it.
0: Um, so he's a bit of a moron. Let me see. What else does he do? He, he, he prefers to sleep under the house than in his kennel. So he's always covered in dirt because there's just dirt under the house. If I go back, you know, there was a few very valuable shoes that did get chewed up when he was a puppy. And so that was pretty disappointing. Now, all of this can be solved. Quite easily. Oh, it's, kill. Just go online and buy a robot dog. Or just kill it. <laughs> go away. <laughs> what are you even talking... Okay, but buy a robot dog. Yeah, sure. Okay, so you buy a robot dog, they actually have an off switch. Yeah, they do. They literally have an off switch. Mm. And so it's barking and annoying you or annoying the neighbours. You can literally just hit the mute button. Mm-hmm. They, they, they never ever poop on the floor or pee on the floor. They never chew things and they're never just a general moron. <laughs> so the question is, Lawson, why don't you have a robot dog? Why did you buy – why did you get a real one? Why didn't you get a robot dog? Um,
1: Because – A robot dog will always come when you call. It's what? never going to run away. If you've you seen like the Boston Dynamics videos of like the robot dogs that they've made that That's like jump dogs. over things uh-huh. and they're, oh, they're really amazing. cool. They are man, you're really making me reconsider my decision to have a dog. Okay. Like, you're convincing me right now. I'm I'm like, why do I own a dog? Why don't I own a robot dog? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Why don't you? Uh, 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 Does your
0: dog love you? Yes. Does he adore you? Yeah. Are you his favourite person? Uh Uh-huh. Is every person his favourite person? Yeah. Whoever holds the host. (laughs) His favourite person. (laughs) maybe this is why you have this kind of dog rather than a robot dog. Mm. Maybe a robot dog would get pretty boring pretty quickly because, well, it only does what you program it to do. Mm. We're going to come back and we're going to talk more. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
1: Listening to The Ren Collective, they brought us You Are Love. Lawson, let's have another clue for our quiz. What number am I? On the last day before overcoming Jericho, Israel marched around the city this many times. You know how many times they march around the city? 0491 064 669 is the number to call. And you can win the book, Every Heart's Cry by Daniel Sinot. The search for unconditional love and emotional connection in an imperfect world. Great. Okay. All right. Let's go to, uh,
0: let's see here. Uh, Where are we going to next? We're going to Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12. And, of course, during the song break, Lawson was here showing me videos of robot dogs. Yep. Pretty impressive robot dogs. Yep. Uh, I I think you should get one. I think they're just, you know. Yep. Pieces of uh, tube, pipe, and wire. And hydraulics. Hydraulics and 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 all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. And, And, of course, live here on my screen right now, um uh, we have Chris and Angela and of course Aussie Angela used to be here on the breakfast show and Chris Chris's sister uh Minnie used to be here on the breakfast show they just got married and the reception is just starting it is all happening I am watching it live if you would like to send your congratulations through then please do so um as yeah they got married just before the show went to air and now
1: the reception has begun oh, so epic all right are we gonna read this verse? Yes, we're going to read this verse, Isaiah chapter fourteen, verse twelve. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter fourteen and verse twelve, "How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning! You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations." Okay, so who is the Bible speaking about here?
0: It says, "O shining star, you know, of
1: the morning." Blah blah. blah. Me? No, no. no. Well, I uh, <laughs> hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Are you weak in the nation? No, this is like Satan. Like this is Lucifer. Lucifer. Yeah. This is Satan himself. Yeah. Yes, this is not,
0: not one to claim right there. <laughs> Definitely not one to claim. Okay, so this is Lucifer himself. He's turned up uh, here and he's, he's described as a bright, shining star of the morning. Mm. That sounds very complimentary. The word Lucifer is like a really nice name. Yeah, When you think of the meaning of that name, mm-hmm. we don't think of it as being a nice thing these days because of who it is associated with. But what go- what happens is... You- actually, hold your finger there. Go over to uh, Isaiah chapter 28. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 28? Isaiah 28.
1: And verse- Start reading in verse 12. <laughs> Isaiah 28 and verse 12, the Bible says, God has told his people... Here is a place of rest. Let the weary rest here. This is the place of quiet rest. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You're thinking of Ezekiel 28. I am thinking of Ezekiel 28. Did I I say Isaiah? That's why I I was like, Isaiah 28? Are are you sure? Ezekiel 28. Are you sure? Ezekiel 28. All right. uh, Let me me turn over there. Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 12. The Bible says... uh, let me find it here. Son of uh, Son of Man sings this funeral song for Tyre. Give him this message from the Sovereign Lord. You are the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite beauty. Okay, so this is speaking about uh, Lucifer. Yeah. The model of what? Perfection. And uh, what did he look like? He was epic, like full of exquisite beauty. That's,
0: that's some pretty full-blown language that you've got happening right there. Even full of wisdom. It complements yeah.
1: his intellect as well. That's
0: right. Oh, okay, so let's uh, continue on.
1: Um, next verse. The next verse, it reads, You were in Eden, the garden of God. Clothing, Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone. And then it goes on to list a bunch of precious stone, barrel onyx, all these kinds of things, um, all beautifully crafted for you, set in the finest gold. They were given to you on the day you were created.
0: Okay, so clearly you've got a being here of unsurpassed beauty and perfection and amazingness uh what could ever possibly go wrong
1: yeah uh next verse in verse fourteen it says you ordained I ordained and anointed you this is God speaking as the mighty guardian angel you had access to the holy mountain of God, you walked among the fiery stones
0: so so he was in in the garden of God he was you know walking there amongst the fiery stones he was
1: at the throne room of God. Yeah, wow. One more verse. And then we continue on into verse 15. It says, You were blameless in all you did from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you. Bible
0: says that this person was blameless. Okay, so how can you have a perfect being that sins? Isn't, isn't sin or iniquity or evil or whatever you want to term it? Because, I mean, we're going to go back to Isaiah chapter 14 mm. and find that this guy tried to pull off a coup. Yeah. That's a pretty major, you know, there's not like a minor sin right there. Against God. Yeah, that's right, against God. <laughs> um, this is this is just this tops everything everything and anything evil that has ever happened on this earth. Mm. How does a perfect being do that? Didn't God mess up somewhere and create an imperfect being? I mean, you look at those robot dogs that were running around there a minute ago and doing their thing, they're, they're kind of imperfect. Yeah. And you can see, you know, one or two situations where, well, we, we saw one where uh, the robot guy
1: just got pushed over. Yeah. Fell flat on his face. But he could get back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah but he got pushed over. Yeah, oh, that, that's right. So he's imperfect. Yeah, real robots wouldn't fall down. That's right. Well, <laughs> not
0: if God created them, surely. <laughs> and so hasn't God made a mistake? Hasn't God created an imperfect being? Isn't there something wrong mm. here?
1: Well I think this is this is the thing it's like what what do we call perfection um and I I think it's ultimately yeah this dude was perfect like he had everything Absolutely. he needed to be perfect mm-hmm. but I think God's love is so perfect that he also creates per- perfect beings with the ability to choose to love mm
0: and this is the key thought right here I want you guys to think about this without the power of choice love is impossible that's right and the reason that you don't want a
1: robot dog, really,
0: well, you know, it'd be kind of cool, but you get bored with it pretty quick.
1: Yeah, dude. I'm not like a master programmer, bro, so I can't teach it tricks. And even if you were,
0: yeah. you would still get bored with it at some particular point. Yeah. Okay? It's never going to be a substitute for a real flesh and blood wow. living dog that chooses to love you and chooses to be devoted to you. mm. And so when God created beings, he didn't create robots. He created beings that have the power of choice because it's the power of choice that creates the existence of love. Mm. Take away the power of choice and you've taken away love. And so the reason that Satan was perfect, the reason that Lucifer was perfect, the thing that made him perfect was the ability to choose to be imperfect. Mm. If he had not had that possibility of choosing to be imperfect, he would not have been perfect. Mm. because by having that ability, he was able to love and to be loved and to experience love. Take away the power of choice, all of those things are gone and only when you can experience love can you actually be perfect. Now, of course, the problem with that is that having the possibility of, uh, the, the possibility of imperfection as, as, and having the possibility of choosing against God Mm. Having the power of choice means you have the possibility of evil. Mm. And, of course, in an infinite universe, you know, sooner or later, it was going to come. Mm. So, yeah, uh, unfortunately for our world, it happened and sin came to our planet. mm all right, so let's go back to uh, Isaiah chapter 14 and just read those last few verses that we have right there.
1: It continues on in verse 13. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven, I will set my throne above the god stars. I will preside on the mountain of God far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Okay,
0: so... Um, the promise here, well, sorry, not the promise, but the problem is that his you're his voice listening voice to the voice Breakfast voice Show podcast on Base FM. The power Positively is given different is a pair of choice because God is love. There with the puzzle here on the breakfast show, a song that we put on just especially for Angela and Chris this morning. Of course, Angela, who used to co-host here on the breakfast show, and Chris, being the brother of Minnie, who used to co-host on the breakfast Mm -hmm. show, who just got married, and they have uh, well, they've kind of been we've been at their wedding the whole time.
2: Oh,
0: oh, wow, fantastic! She's joined us, Angela. There you are. (laughs) Hi, Lyle. Hey, hello, uh, hello, Mrs. Freinfelder.
2: Well, hello, Pastor Lyle. (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
0: Chris, how are you, mate?
1: I'm good. I'm fantastic. <laughs> I'm good. I'm
2: married.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well done guys. Congratulations. We've had a number of people uh texting their congratulations through for you which has been amazing this morning. We uh of course your your wedding finished uh, just as the breakfast show was starting and you went off to do photos but now you're in the middle of the reception I understand.
2: Yes, we are.
0: I'm, and I'm yeah, just, I'm just,
2: the mass making station. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, maybe, uh, maybe we need some help for, uh, Lawson over here then.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Lawson, your turn next, sir. Yeah.
1: You uh, want I, an American? Yeah. I heard the pond's pretty big over there. Uh, you know, th- there's plenty <laughs> of fish <laughs> in that sea. No, I'm just, I'm just joking,
2: bro. <laughs> yeah, congratulations.
1: This is so amazing. It
2: was a beautiful ceremony. Loved every minute of it. I was in tears a couple of times.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, she was on well, the okay, other side of the screen. She was um she was reaching for tissues. We were just sort of hoping that you didn't get blown away. It looked like it was a little bit windy.
2: <laughs> yeah, we were kind of afraid of different things falling us at different times. And obviously, the unity candle was definitely symbolism.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we heard the announcement for the unity candle, and like, there's no way in a million years that they're ever going to light that unity candle today.
2: Did you see? Chris was pretty determined, though. We had a good had a good
0: try, but yeah, no. Nah, it, uh, it it is a very beautiful location that you've got right there, and you look like you're in a barn right now. Is that is that a barn that you're having the reception in? We.
2: We are in a barn, yeah. Our reception is in a big, giant red barn built back in the 1800s and it's uh, especially remodeled within the last 10 years. And there's beautiful white lights and old chandeliers hanging and um, a barn full of wonderful, lovely people.
0: Yeah, that's very, very special. And, of course, as far as uh, COVID wedding goes, you know, Lawson and I were just sort of commenting on this being the most epic Uh, COVID wedding because we've, you know, we've all seen a few different COVID weddings over the last few years and yours is definitely the most epic, the best one that we've ever seen and certainly plenty of uh, fresh air to go around.
2: Yeah,
1: but you guys are also limited to five people in total at a wedding in Australia. Yes, well, we don't mm -mm. quite have those restrictions here. No, no. Um, But even the ones with less restrictions, I went to a 50-person COVID wedding last year, and I just wanted to say that your wedding was amazing. Like, it was so good. But, dude, the violin as you guys were walking off after you kissed, that was like, that was bringing me to tears. I was like, this is so beautiful. This is amazing.
2: (coughs) Yeah, that was my cousin, Rachel. She's pretty amazing. Mm
1: -hmm. So good.
0: (laughs) All right, so you're going to have to tell our listeners, you're going to have to tell our listeners... um, Oh, some fanfare in the background. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so you're gonna to have to tell our listeners uh, your plans for ministry as a you know as a as a married couple moving forward. What have, what what plans have you got for uh, serving God?
2: Well, we are starting a ministry called Connect, and we have a dream to get people outside to connect with their Creator using His creation. And so Chris and his best friend Rob who's a miracle how he got to America from Canada even though he's from Australia. Um and our van is parked out the barn door and inside is a little bed or a couch that becomes a bed and a little thing on the side that's our kitchenette uh cupboard <laughs> and um yeah we uh have our first engagement in 10 days uh where we're helping to lead a young adult retreat to get them outside. So um yeah, that's our dream. And then also spreading the news of our garden curriculum.
0: Yeah, that sounds absolutely sensational. For those of you who don't know, um, Angela is a specialist in outdoor education, and Chris is a specialist in outdoor recreation, which is, um, you know, oh, those the perfect two. marriage, that, that right? Like, yes, absolutely. Recreation like- and
1: education coming together. Outside in love
0: wow that's powerful getting people outside hey guys thank you so much for joining us here on the breakfast show this morning it's been amazing we always love it uh, when you're able to come across and join us once again we will have you back here on the breakfast show again sometime soon we don't know when to talk more about what you guys are up to and follow your adventures but uh, right now we do need to move on with the show
2: thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM